so much paralyzing terror as in this hair-raising orgy of madness. The mouth of the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. Hello and welcome to episode 854 of Dread Media. I'm your host, Desmond Reddick, back with you for another great episode. It is Friday early, very early afternoon. This is the last Friday of my winter break. Back to work on Monday, which is when most of you are hearing this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm doing this episode Friday afternoon. The patron dreadites are going to get it. So head on over to patreon.com slash dreadmedia to help keep the show going. And, uh, why don't we just get started this week? Uh, we're looking at uh, a couple movies from, well, actually uh, this one, the, uh, okay, never mind. This week we're looking at evil dead rise. Uh, a few months ago, Tom and I uh, took care of that franchise. I guess was that eight twenty five, or was that eight hundred? I can't even. I can't even remember at this point. Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> since uh, a brand new Evil Dead film came out last year, Tom and I thought it prudent to discuss it on the podcast. So uh, we discuss Evil Dead Rise. And because I wanted to talk about a movie that takes place in a high rise, uh, that's actually good. I come back and talk about Lockdown Tower, a French film. Uh, I believe just, uh, in France, it's, it's titled Le Tour, the Tower. Uh, but Lockdown Tower is the name of that movie. It's on Shudder. And, uh, I'll talk about it. Well, I'll talk about it after Tom and I talk about Evil Dead Rise. And I guess I got nothing else to say. Let's get to it. So speaking of the tower, we're going to play a song from Rivers of Nile, Nihil, N-I-H-I-L, uh, and their record, The Work, uh, was one of my favorites of 2022. So here's something else I have to look forward to. I'm assuming that they're going to put out a record uh, this year. So 2024, that is. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that if that happens. But this is basically the, the opening track and, uh, of, of their strange death metal meets, uh, uh, quiet morose pop sound. Not quite sure. But, uh, yeah, they're great. This is Rivers of Nihil with the tower theme from the work. Let's go. 
I'm back once again with my friend Tom. Tom, who well knows that there's a series of movies that I love called Demons. Yes. I, 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 give, give me a moment. I, I'm picking member berries. Okay. <laughs> Gotta me, have me, the member berries. Meanwhile, yes. meanwhile, I have been a proponent, a heavy proponent of Demons 2. Yes. A defender of said film, a film Which I was, love. Of course, Demons in a High Rise. Yep. And then, I guess earlier this year, was it this summer? When the fuck did that happen? Anyway, Tom and it I discussed. This, yeah. Yeah, Tom and I discussed all of the Evil Dead films. And uh, I thought it would be appropriate since a new Evil Dead film came out this year, that we should catch up to it and watch it, and we did. Of course, we're talking about Evil Dead Rise, one of the more high-profile horror releases of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and in Evil Dead Rise, you've got... Uh, ba- oh, yeah, the kid's p- dad dies. Is that like the dad's recently no, dead? The, kid, the kid's dad left. Left, that's right. And then their aunt comes to come help their mom. Uh, and Actually, as they live in this. Their aunt co- go, comes to visit them because she's just discovered she's pregnant. Ah, uh, right, right. Well, I wasn't and, going, to, I wasn't going to reveal that. <laughs> well, no, but the, the, the point is, is that this, this, the um the older the older sister who is um Beth no 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 that's Ellie Ellie is the older sister Ellie has always kind of taken care of Beth who right. is looked upon as a bit of a, a a fuck up um even though she is a guitar tech you know, a person who has a professional reason for hanging around bands. Yeah. She is frequently referred to by near everybody in the frickin' movie as a groupie. As a groupie, right. And she has discovered she's pregnant. She goes back to Ellie, who's a tattoo artist, and... um Oh, yeah, right. I forgot that entire <laughs> that entire part of our character. Well, yeah, because they, they're setting up an intro to the eye motif that made yeah. Tom squicky. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a there is an earthquake, and they discover a vault because this place used to be a bank. Mm-hmm. And in the vault is a uh, in top ten stupid things ever done in a movie. First, first of all, you know, you that know that boy. They hold on. They just had an earthquake. They're in yes. the underground parking garage of a high rise mm-hmm. building. An earthquake just happened that broke open the floor of the garage to a chasm beneath. And the first thought he has is, "Hey, I'm going to climb down into there." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know who the missing father was? The idiot who who opened the Book of the Dead in the remake. I'm oh. willing to bet that. Oh, because nobody yeah. can be nobody can raise a kid that stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is that could definitely be that guy's kid. <laughs> but um, and he finds 
because he, he's he's a, a, an aspiring DJ. He finds right. three vinyl records mm-hmm. and a mysterious book with a really weird looking lock. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he he eventually gets it open, and of course he eventually reads from it <laughs> because of course he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course shenanigans begin. <laughs> Yeah, and j- just in case you forget that, you, that you're watching the Evil Dead movie, every 20 minutes or so, they force a line of dialogue from a previous film into. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, the worst of it is towards the end when a character holding a shotgun goes, "Come get some." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie has its own kind of cool dialogue moments, like. Mommy's with the maggots now. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, well, the thing is, I awesome. think there is a there is a theme that could have been built upon in this movie yeah. about the double edged sword that is parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not that's not what uh, Lee Cronin, who directed it, is really interested in. He, he is interested in doing. An Evil Dead movie. Yeah. Um, and that's why, for example, we get a totally unnecessary opening sequence at a, ha- a cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, it's Evil Dead. There's got to be a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, like for no reason whatsoever. And we, it, it is it is a beautifully no shot sequence, actually. It's oh, one, well, there, one of the more visually it, interesting it things in the movie. It up to the greatest title reveal yeah. in a long time. Yeah, it's great. But this is competently shot. Yeah. It's competently acted. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like everything that happens in the elevator. What, the, the uh, like member the ele- of... Hey, remember that, that scene in The Shining? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that, but I also like the cables pulling at yeah. her and stuff like that. I think the stuff in the elevator was cool. Mm-hmm. They just didn't... Um, I don't think they used the geography very well. They didn't use the geography. They, w- well. they went out of their out of their way to set this on a floor in a high rise building. They set everything around the high rise building so that they are stuck here, and yet they didn't really mm-hmm. use it very effectively. Right. I mean, it, it would have the same theoretically the the same sort of claustrophobia as being trapped in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Um. Alyssa Sutherland, who plays Ellie, turns out to be an excellent villain. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's great. She's like the mom in the Mist TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, she's in Vikings. Um, yeah, she's good and, and stunning. And she's an incredible deadite. And she, um, I, they, I was surprised at the fact that one of the other main characters becomes a deadite as well. Right. Um, there is, as I mentioned, a serious injury to the eye motif, and yes. you all know that <laughs> that is guaranteed to make me squirm and automatically puts a half star <laughs> on any film that we review with one. There is also a scene with the cheese grater, which... Uh, yeah, I was like, finally, we get to see something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've, I've had that visual in my head before. <laughs> but I think, ultimately, my problem... Mm-hmm. 
with this film is it's just good enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's that's a really good way everyone, of putting it. Every one of the, the, the Evil Dead films had something different to say. Mm-hmm. Even the Fetty Hell, Alvarez different, one. Different, had, different genres, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the Fetty Alvarez one, which we weren't too hot on, yeah. I think I, I still to think, say it's, about I think it's a good movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. About codependency and um, this one, like I said, you could see this same story playing out as a meditation on the negative side of parenting. Yeah. But it's so obsessed with reminding you over and over and over again, this is an evil dead movie. Yeah, yeah. Is there a reason for the various corpses to start chanting dead by dawn? No. Not really, no. but you remember that, right? Yeah, they're ticking boxes. And, yeah. that, and, and that's what kind of upset me most about this movie, is that mm-hmm. it is, it is, they're box ticking. They're like, we have to do these things. And yeah. we should put them in a specific order. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, okay. All right. <laughs> Why not try and do something? I mean, that's, they had, they had the whole premise there. Right. And they moved away from it. But like being with your mom, when all of a sudden your mom's not your mom, she's a deadite. Yeah. They, they, they sort of remove themselves from that situation before like mm-hmm. dedicating them to it. But I I could see a whole film where they're barricaded into one of their bedrooms and she's outside right. kicking on the door trying to get in, right? Like that sounds fucking cool and terrifying to me. But yes, this one is just like, oh. It, it, Sutherland is such a, is such a strong actress that that's all we really needed. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Was her? She, I, and, I, I'd go as far to say that she's probably the best actor to be a deadite. Mm-hmm. Best performance as a deadite, anyway. Yeah, I mean, if it's just her and the kids, and the thing is, the apartment. I mean, there's very little sense of geography to the apartment. No, no, yeah. I remember good. I remember thinking that watching it. I'm like, where's the kitchen? Where like what? Like these people yeah. clearly have to walk through broken glass to get from here to here, but why is nothing be you know, like it's like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> give give them credit. The damn set looks good. Yeah. And it looks claustrophobic and it, it definitely emphasizes the fact that there's no privacy in this apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which but they, is but they never fun. they never really pull the trigger in this one. Yeah, and, and I also don't like the way they've the, the the changes they've kind of made to the lore to make this fit with both both the Fetty Alvarez versions and the San Raimi versions. Oh right, there there are really three books of the dead. Right. Yeah. And that's why, of course, none of, none of these books look the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a decent in-universe way of explaining it. Yeah. And Why limit know, themselves to three? I don't know. Yeah, what's to stop them from there to be... It, it, it's... And you know that when they're looking in this Book of the Dead, 
this is like the this is like the, the classic illustration illustrated book of the dead. Yeah. Uh, you know that there's one picture there that is there just because you know, it would be really cool if this happened at the end. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's all um, about. <laughs> I'm also kind of tired of seeing. Uh, I, I look. I get it. I get it. You know, wood chippers are scary. <laughs> right. But I think they've been overused at this point. Yeah, that that whole part of the movie is actually just kind of like, again, going through the motions, really. It, it like becomes it, an action movie. Yeah, it doesn't feel very inspired. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, they had it. They had it. Alyssa Sutherland is great. She's so great. I don't even think they needed the, the, the ant. You know, I just want the mom going after the kids. Like that's that's an Evil Dead movie that says. Something. Although, of course, they would have to have put some sort of development into the kids. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, the, the the boy is is clearly the world's stupidest human. Uh, right. For what for what he did. Uh, not just. I mean, we can excuse people <laughs> allowing Kandarian demons out. Uh, just for the sake of creating a movie. However, like, mm-hmm. yeah, crawling down in a crevice that's in the basement of your apartment building to, you know, look at a book, basically, right? Yeah. You, saw, you saw the book on, on the counter down there. Yeah. But, but, but these are old records. Maybe there's some wicked beats on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, at, at least he wasn't at least he wasn't camp. a tiktok influencer that's true yeah <laughs> that's true um if it was about i mean if it was about Alyssa suddenly becoming the bad mommy mm-hmm. and bridget who is the uh the daughter the the eldest daughter yeah suddenly having to grow up fast so to speak mm-hmm that would have been better than what we got, but no, we had to include the and you, you please know the kid doesn't die. Right. <laughs> there is a kid in this film, and you think, oh, oh, <laughs> somebody's going to eat a kitten. Yeah, exactly. But no, the kitten is there solely to 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 give people an idea of what, how to how to get into a place. Yeah, exactly. It's good enough. Yeah, but it's me. It's mediocre. I think really. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it, it's nothing special. My problem is, especially if you're good. It's like that that Exorcist when they said they were going to do three new Exorcist movies. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, well, I think they're only doing one new Exorcist movie now. <laughs> oh, they're committed. They paid. You know how much they paid for that? How much did it make? Universal paid $400,000 for the rights to make three movies. Whew. So they're going to make three movies, goddammit. Yikes. The other two may not be from, you know, da- Daniel Green, whatever his name is. David Gordon da- Green. Yeah. David Gordon Green. But they're going to make two more movies. And all I can ho- hope for is that, goddammit, I hope Linda Blair got her money up front. <laughs> Because uh, the, like, the year is 2029, and David Gordon Green is on his fifth legacy sequel trilogy for 
to ruin a movie series that you have loved for 40 years. And, and what's next for him? What, what, the, what, is, the good, what, is, what is he and uh, Seth Rogen going to do next? Where are they? Um, what, what, what films? Oh, yeah, there you go. The Jaws trilogy. Jaws teeth. Jaws throat. Jaws gums. Jaws, not the guy from Bond. Oh, but it's just... This was an exercise in keeping a yeah, keeping a property going. Yeah, yeah. It's like and, every six years you get like a speedball one shot from Marvel or something. It's yeah, like, what's exactly. happening here? <laughs> just, to, just, to keep, just to keep the 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 franchise keep the the franchise rights alive. It's yeah. it's Hellblazer. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Hellblazer. Sorry, Hellraiser. Right. That's where, that's where I went anyway. This one actually got a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, and it did well, and I don't think it's gonna. It's. I think they're just gonna continue making them, and stories need to end. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that's one of the beautiful things about The Exorcist. The Exorcist Part One was one story. Exorcist Three Legion was another story featuring some characters that were in the first story. Yeah. They're fucking beautiful the way they are. Yeah. They don't need believer and deceiver. Right. And retriever. Oh, God. Right. The The first one's called called believer and then deceiver. Gross. Yes. So the next one should be called retriever. (laughs) And it should be about possessing a dog. Cool. So, but, um... He'll swallow your soul, but then he's a cute boy. Cute boy. I'm gonna swallow your soul, but first I gotta lick your face! First some first some kibble. Yeah. So, sadly, and, 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 this is the first one that feels like product. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, this this it's, just feels like a, like a cash-in. It's like, hey, let's... We have this franchise... And then they did it, and it just doesn't feel like there's heart and soul in it. It just feels like it's trying to retread and, and you know, make some quotes for mega fans to be mm-hmm. like, oh, ho, 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 right? Uh, but it just, it falls flat, and it's really just sad, because you do have this great performance uh, who really, Alyssa Sutherland, who really, like, anchors the film. Yeah. Like, she really, really does. When she's on screen, it's like, fuck, I'm terrified. Like, that is a scary-looking demon she woman. Yeah. There, there are these moments where she's trying to entice one of her children to do something. Yeah. Has she's a dead eye. And the way she grins, which is like, is so freaky-deaky. Just diabolical. I could have had a lot more of just seeing her through the peephole. Mm-hmm. They didn't even, you know, like there's, there's stuff that they're like, it's like they gotta hit points. You gotta do, gotta do a couple things yeah. in the elevator, right? We gotta do something in the, we gotta, we gotta see the staircase to show that we can't get out of here, right? We right. gotta do something with a peephole, but really like, we gotta do something with a chainsaw. Yeah, exactly. Gotta include a chainsaw, of course. You know, it's just, it's, it's like they're just hitting the marks and, and not really hold on hold on though like they're hitting the marks without 
exploring anything in depth. Right. So we're just getting like a, yeah, we're just getting like a greatest hits of the Evil Dead series in an Evil Dead movie, you know? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Here's a question for you, Des. Okay. If you took out all the member berries, <laughs> right? You took out all the the, the, the kicky boxes. Yeah, all the references. Yeah. Right. And this was just some evil book that this kid came across. Mm-hmm. And mommy gets possessed, and it's the kids against the mommy. Would you would you give this a bigger score than we're, what we're about to give? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think this could easily be a movie that's not an Evil Dead movie. And yeah. I, think, I think the only reason it's an Evil Dead movie is to give it cachet rather than yeah. actually say something in the Evil Dead universe, you know? If this showed up at Unshutter as, I don't know, uh, Horrorize or something. Stuck with Mommy or something. Yeah. Uh, mommy loves you to death. Yeah. yeah. Which, was the, which was the tagline here in the States for this film. <laughs> nice. If it was called just Mommy loves you to death. Yeah, and right. it showed up on Shudder. You and I would probably be talking about it in much yeah, brighter I, light. But I, I think because so. Because it's pulling us down by insisting, hey, you remember, we're an Evil Dead film. Yeah. It, just, it, it, it breaks the rule, which is that if your film reminds somebody too much of another film, that person's going to want to watch the other film. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, um, I'm going to give it a 2.5 right down the middle. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm sitting too. Good enough. But here's a message for you, Hollywood. Do better. Yeah, have something to say. And because um, I'm fine not seeing another. Well, well, hold on. I'm fine not seeing another Friday the Thirteenth movie. You know, I'm fine not seeing another Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm fine if we never see another Hellraiser. I really, really am. But just like have That's source have an idea, you know? It, it, do it's a do something spot with it. for me that the second Wes Craven's body hit the ground. Right. Remake. New Line Cinema started soliciting pitches for a new Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. That is so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that we're, we're getting a third Scream sequel. When there should have only have been three. Uh, yeah, you just said third. <laughs> no, no, here's the there, there were only three. There should only have been two, to be honest. We didn't yeah. really need Scream 3. No. I saw the first one, and <laughs> and I didn't need to see okay, any more. Scream 2 is actually, I think, a little bit better than Scream 1, to be honest, mm-hmm. I think. I like Scream 2 a lot. Um, but the only reason they made Scream 4 was because they told Wes Craven to his face, if you don't do it, we're going to give it to somebody else. Right. And 5 and 6, and now we've got 7, that's going to happen during Christmas time. Um. Pass. There was no need for those. Yeah, hard pass for me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, no, they, give us give us some new ideas, or at least try and say something 
with the franchise right. that you're that you're playing within. Otherwise, I would say don't bother. I would say the first Halloween one was really good, and yeah. then and then they just didn't know where they were going. But they committed to three, to to a trilogy, and that first film did so well that yeah, yeah they had to do Halloween Kills, yeah. Evil Dies Tonight. <laughs> And I think he had something interesting to say with Halloween Ends. I still haven't brought myself to watch it. Halloween Ends has something interesting to say about, about the way trauma can just affect a place. Huh. Yeah. And how, you know, the, the, but if they had not if they had not insisted on the last sequence. Okay. Well, here we are talking about that, a completely different movie. Let's get off of this. Let's get, it's 25 okay. minutes into the review of I'm evil sorry. dead rise and we're yes. done talking about it. We're, we're, <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah, we have yeah, another, we have done. another movie to talk I'll, about I'll, that I'll, we I'll, actually liked. So I, I do want to say to universal, if you want me to write that script about a dog being possessed by Pazuzu as part <laughs> of your exorcist trilogy, I'm down. Yeah, hit him up. Let's get out of here with... Sometimes, evil just wants to lick your face. (laughs) Evil wants a belly rub. (laughs) Let's get out of here with a song by the great psychedelic rock band from Vancouver, uh, Black Mountain, and their tune, High Rise.
Here to talk about Lockdown Tower, the original title title in French, La Tour. La Tour. <laughs> uh, this is a French film uh, written and directed by a uh, filmmaker of some renown, a uh, French filmmaker of some renown, who does seemingly like very, you know, serious, dramatic films. Uh, this seems to be a bit of a departure. I may be, you know, I may be wrong. I haven't seen any of his films, but uh, judging by what people have been saying about this one, uh, this seems to be a step down for him, uh, but I disagree. Uh, Lockdown Tower is not an entirely new concept. Uh, in fact, it's not the French, first French horror film that takes place in a high rise. Remember The Horde? Yeah, the zombie movie? Yeah. Uh, but this one is quite fascinating. So it takes a little bit of like... Brian Keane's Darkness, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and then mixes it with, um, that movie High Rise, which I still haven't seen. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, uh, I can't even remember the name of the writer who wrote the book, but Ballard, right? Um, anyway, uh, a little bit, a little bit of High Rise, a little bit of Darkness on the Edge of Town. And, uh, by that, I mean, in this movie, uh, everyone's sort of, wakes up in the morning and slowly realizes that there's no sun shining through. And in fact, everything is so dark, they can't see, you know, the lights from the other apartment buildings surrounding them. This is, you know, this is a slum-ish, you know, it's a lower, uh, lower income apartment building. Um, I'm assuming in a lower income area with plenty of these apartment buildings. So even in the pitch black of night, you would still see lights. You would still see the glint of any light off of any window or metal, but they see absolutely nothing but black, just pure void of darkness. And, uh, well, I mean, things go to shit. <laughs> it starts off with what, you know, what are the rules? And then somebody falls into the black and we discover the rules. So the rule is don't leave. <laughs> don't even reach out your window very far uh, because uh, <clears throat> the shit ain't good. The shit ain't good. So, um, and the, w the way things sort of shake out, because it is sort of a French horror film, French horror films tend to focus on race, actually. Kind of interesting. You know, thinking about, oh, Christ. I think it's The Border. Is that what it's called? What does it relate to? God damn it. Sort of, the, sort of a, it was a, an entry in uh, in uh, New Extremity, which is sort of what they call the the film movement, mostly mostly French film movement, Frontier, right? That's what it is. God damn it! That took me a long time. I edited that out. It took me a long time to find the movie. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, so this one has similar themes to Frontier. Possibly Calvaire as well, uh, Alentirier inside, right? That one. There's, you know, there's always these sort of like simmering racial issues 
in these extreme French horror films, whether they're, they're, you know, front and center or whether they're in the backdrop, you know, this came, this came out, uh, at a time of heightened, uh, racial issues, I think in France, uh, and as sort of carried through, uh, I, I certainly hope things are better over the past 20 years, but, uh, perhaps not judging by our own North American goings on, but so, you know, all these poor people band together mostly on racial lines. So you've got, uh, you know, people from the Middle East, you've got people from Africa, and you've got white people. And the white people are, you know, they're, of course, not all French. You know, someone mentions the Yugo on the sixth floor or something who has a chicken. And it's basically they sort of band together and kind of protect each other against roving hordes of people trying to steal their pet dogs, for example. Uh, because an interesting, for me, one of the most interesting aspects of the film was it's jump forward in time. Now that was actually both sort of frustrating and interesting to me. Like I think for, you know, it, it kicks off and then just as things start to get a little interesting, boom, we jump ahead <clears throat> two months or is it five months and then two years and then five years, you know, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, and in fact, I think it's pretty crazy that literally anybody in this building survived that long, but it is a really interesting look at sectarianism, um, with this sort of like unexplainable supernatural or perhaps cosmic occurrence. Who knows? It doesn't matter. They don't really get into it. Uh, it's just really interesting to see the, even there, even though they, they, they just hint at it at sometimes the ways they have to keep their tenuous society going inside the apartment building. And for me, that was the most interesting part. Um, beyond the frustration of the time jumps, beyond the insular nature of the story, I would have liked to see a little bit more of like a broad perspective you know, we sort of, we follow this woman, you know, who's sort of like taking care of her brother. Her mom's like working an overnight shift or something. Uh, she's taking care of her brother and, uh, you know, when, when the shit happens, uh, that's Angel Mack plays Asitan. And, uh, she is, you know, clearly an, an, a woman of African descent and, she also sides with the Middle Eastern folks because they're sort of like the people she knows and the first person she went to for help. Uh, so it is very intriguing how these things sort of, uh, stack themselves. Oh yeah. This person just, rec uh, brought up the divide, a film I didn't even think of directed by, by Xavier Jens, uh, but also featuring isolation, uh, uh, isolation and close proximity to others with no chance to, to leave. And thus people begin to turn on each other. Right. So still, still the same thing again, I guess this is sort of like a recurring theme in, in French horror as well. So kind of interesting, really well done. Uh, I found the ending. Okay. You know, it's one of those, 
but uh, I think it's better than, you know, giving us the full answer and it just being something dumb, right? Because the movie's not about why the building has been shrouded in this black fog. Uh, the story is is really what the people do as a result of that. And that stuff is pretty much all top-notch. There's some good extreme violence in it, uh, a lot that is just hinted at. Um, one of my favorite scares, uh, not scares, but one of my favorite, like... Uh, Crazy sort of depraved imagery in this movie deals with a woman looking for her pet cat. So, uh, keep your eye out for that if you watch it. It's on Shudder. Uh, yeah, cause IMDb says it's AMC plus. Uh, yeah, so it's Shudder. You don't have to get your Shudder through AMC plus, but, uh, it's on Shudder. <laughs> Highly recommended. Check it out. I would give it a four. Definitely a, a better high rise horror film than Evil Dead Rise. And you know what? Fuck it. You ready for an impromptu Dread Media Top 5? Dread Media Top 5. That's right. I'm talking about a Dread Media Top 5 horror movies that take place in an apartment building almost solely. I'll say that. Because my first one is a true classic... Uh, directed by that creep, Roman Polanski, uh, starring the amazing Catherine Deneuve. I'm talking about Repulsion. Just a simple thriller about a woman who is agoraphobic and, you know, stuck in her apartment. So that's really great. Another movie that Tom and I took a look at, Under the Shadow, which uh, is more about like a haunting or a malevolent spirit. I can't really remember exactly what the premise is, but basically the mother and her daughter can't really leave the apartment because it's during like the Iranian revolution and stuff. So it's like bad if you get caught out when you're not supposed to be out. So she's stuck in this apartment uh, with an evil spirit. That is, and the movie's ab absolutely chilling. Absolutely chilling. Number three on that list would be Wreck Hell. I guess even like the Wreck series. Like the first two Wreck movies. And what's the... Man, I can't even think of the American remake. What's that called? Wreck and Wreck 2, anyway, take place in the apartment. Wreck 3 is that weird thing that happens at the... The wedding. There's still some isolation and stuff there, but that's like out of the thing. You know, there's plenty of, you know, I could have, I guess, done high rise horror, but I haven't seen high rise. <laughs> and then I would have had to include Mayhem and the Belko experiment, you know, two movies that came out very close to each other that have uh, very similar activities and themes. Uh, however, I wanted this. My bad. I wanted this to be home. I wanted these people to be home, right? Apartment buildings. So. So yeah, the Wreck movies, definitely the first two. Have you ever seen The Sentinel? That's what, uh, 77, 1977. And uh, I personally have always sort of thought that The Sentinel would be a great movie to remake. Uh, it's such a weird movie because it's like cast mostly with people who can't act for shit, it seems. And then also cast with fucking Ava Gardner, Chris Sarandon, 
Jose Ferrer, John Carradine, uh, Eli Wallach, Christopher Walken, Beverly D'Angelo, Jerry Orbach, uh, crazy. Where's, uh, what's his name? Tom Berenger? Fuck, I forgot Tom Berenger was in that movie. Nana Visitor is in it. She's just, she's just a little girl in that movie, I think. And who am I missing? I'm missing, uh, Burgess Meredith. Jesus. Yeah. So all these incredible character actors and then, uh, and then a bunch of actors that, you know, maybe don't really get the assignment. But in this one, it's about this woman that moves into an apartment building that is just fucking evil. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think it's in a very effective film. Uh, it's kind of, uh, milk toast and middle of the road as far as these late seventies horror thrillers, including stuff like the Mephisto waltz and, and stuff like that. But there is some like sort of grisly imagery in the movie. And I would, I would definitely say if you're going to remake a movie, remake the Sentinel. Because uh, it's a great premise, and it's not really fully achieved, I don't think. You know? So, check it out. And, oh, I guess one more. Is that number two? Well, I mean, my answer for number one is easy. And that's Demons 2. They took Demons, and they moved it to a high-rise apartment building. With a gym in the bottom. Come on. Demons 2 fucking rules. <laughs> okay, there's my impromptu Dread Media Top 5 on top of a solo review of Lockdown Tower. I wasn't even planning on doing that. But we're going to get out of here uh, with a song from the brand new End Rain record. Uh, what is that called again? It's called The Way of All Flesh. And since the black fog uh, covers the building in Lockdown Tower, I thought I'd play the opening track from Endrain's brand new record, The Way of All Flesh, Desolate Fog. Oh, the deal.
And that is us, my friends. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did putting it together for you. And if you did, you can let me know. Dreadmediapodcast at gmail.com. I love to get feedback. Rarely do. <laughs> Send me some questions or something. I don't know. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dreadmedia. Same with Instagram. Same with Blue Sky. Uh, join the Facebook group, Dreadmedia on Facebook. DJ's domicile at dread.blogspot.com where you can get more of Tom DJ's stuff. And, uh, I don't know, swing back around, uh, next Monday. Maybe you'll, uh, you'll see another new episode of Dread Media. All right. There you go. Uh, hey, support some friends of mine too. Go on over, uh, to chained to the dead.bandcamp.com and, uh, and support these weirdo death metal dudes. Um, all sorts of digital releases there as well as some merch. Uh, uh, specifically the relatively brand new release, uh, Chained to the Dead Discography of Debauchery, a 27 track CD, uh, which collects, um, I guess what, like three albums, two albums and a split with some unreleased live tracks. Um, and that is very cool. So check it out. But first, listen to this. This is the uh, seventh track on that uh, CD compilation. Uh, it is their great, their incredibly titled song, Mogwai High Rise Massacre by Chained to the Dead. You guys take care of yourselves, take care of others, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>